Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. That brings us to 507 on Wall Street. We're at 76 degrees in Central Park. Heads up for some police activity at 44th Street. It's got uh, that stretch closed between 9th and 8th. We'll tell you more shortly in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The first hearing is in the books about the MTA's congestion pricing plan in Manhattan. Hundreds of people on both sides signed up to speak on the matter. According to the MTA, the plan could cost drivers in Manhattan South of 60th Street, as much as $23 during rush hour. The agency says it was designed to lessen traffic congestion by as much as 20%. Last evening's public hearing was the first of six. We may soon learn more about what made the Justice Department search former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. The DOJ is submitting a redacted version today of the affidavit out of concerns for the safety of the witnesses. Legal expert Lori Levinson. It does look like the court felt that this was something of such great public interest that to the extent that the court could release information that did not compromise an ongoing investigation, it was inclined to do so. And, of course, there's great public attention on what happened here, why the Department of Justice went so far to get a warrant to search the ex-president's Mar-a-Lago residence. Loyola Law School professor Lori Levinson says the judge ordered it to be released to the public by noon. California's Air Quality Regulation Board voted yesterday to halt the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. The board says it would dramatically lower emissions and air pollutants. Governor Gavin Newsom. This is the architecture for completely decarbonizing our economy, changing the way we produce and consume energy, and it's the architecture for economic power, not just electric power. Governor Newsom says one-tenth of all cars sold in the U.S. are Californians. However, not everyone is on board with the change. Tom Becker says he doubts electric vehicles would be reliable enough even by that time. Battery failures in electric vehicles are very common. And guess what? These people are not going to honor their battery warranties. They don't honor them now. You can have a battery failure in these electric vehicles that will cost twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. Tom Becker was among those who spoke at the hearing. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. Coming up to 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. Good start to the Yankees' 10-game road trip. They're in Oakland. That's a team that's 20-42 and 42 at home. And the Yanks teed off on the A's. 20 hits. They were up 10-0 in the fourth inning. The final was 13-4. to Three hits for the red-hot Andrew Benintendi. Three for Josh Donaldson. Three hits, three RBIs for rookie Oswaldo Cabrera. Plenty of run support for Jamison Tyone to get his team-leading 12th win. Garrett Cole starts tonight. Nestor Cortez was to start tomorrow. 
but he was placed on the injured list with a strained groin, not believed to be a serious injury. Giancarlo Stanton came off the IL. He was back in the Yankee lineup last night. As for the Mets, Jacob DeGrom, a lot of times in his career, has gotten no run support. He doesn't need a lot. He got all he needed with one swing of the bat. Real pitch. Fastball hit high in the air, deep to left field. Forget about it. That's way out of here. Off the facing of the second deck. Pete Alonso demolishes a two-run homer. And the Mets now lead 3-0 in the bottom of the third inning. WCBS 31st home run for Alonso. He's got 104 RBIs. The Mets beat the Rockies 3-1 as DeGrom won six innings, gave up just three hits, struck out nine. Mets now with a two-game lead on Atlanta. The U.S. Open begins Monday. It's all about Serena Williams, and she learned her first-round opponent in this her career-ending tournament will be Danka Kavinic from Montenegro, ranked 80th in the world. Meanwhile, the unvaccinated Novak Djokovic made it official. He's not playing, not allowed to fly into the U.S. Tour Championship Golf in Atlanta, 65 for world number one Scotty Scheffler. He's got a five-shot lead. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. S&P futures now down 13 points. Dow futures down 67. NASDAQ futures down 59 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 14, 30 seconds. The yield 3.07% ahead of Chairman Powell's keynote at the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. What will he say? We check in next with Sarah House of Wells Fargo. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny today, maybe some showers and storms this afternoon with a high near 90 degrees. Upper 80s, a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. Upper 80s, sunshine for Sunday. Right now, 76 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Tape. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are slipping this morning. The dollar is climbing as a chorus of Federal Reserve hawks prepare the ground for a much-anticipated speech by Chair Jerome Powell that's set to shape views on the pace of monetary tightening. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are down about 14 points this morning. Dow futures down 68. And NASDAQ futures down 60. The DAX in Germany is down a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 12.30 seconds, yield 3.07%. The yield on the two-year, 3.38%. NYMEX crude oil is up six-tenths percent, or 58 cents at $93.10 a barrel. COMEX gold down about half percent, or $8 at 17.63.40 an ounce. The euro is at 0.9993 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1819. And the yen, 136.86. And Bitcoin this morning, it's down 1% at $21,430. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. A federal judge says the Justice Department has until noon to release an affidavit used to justify the FBI search of former President Trump's Florida home. The judge says he's accepted the Justice Department's redactions and reasons for blacking out information about witnesses, agents, and uncharged parties in the document. A major nuclear power plant in Ukraine was temporarily cut off from the electricity grid. 
the Zaporizhia nuclear plant occupied by the Russians went offline, causing a blackout in the region. It has caused more fears of a nuclear disaster. In baseball, the Yankees beat the A's 13-4. The Mets beat the Rockies 3-1. The Red Sox lost. The Orioles won. Thursday night NFL preseason action. The 49ers lost to the Texans 17-zip. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Michael, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios where it is 5:19 on Wall Street, which puts us four hours and 41 minutes away from Chairman Jerome Powell's speech at the annual Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. Let's get you set for it this morning. Wells Fargo Senior Economist Sarah House joins us ahead of the keynote address. Sarah, what do you think Chairman Powell will say? What do you think he should say? Well, I think what we'll see is overall that reiteration of the Fed's resolve to bring inflation back down to its 2% target. But I think that's first and foremost the message that we're going to get from... I think we're going to try to uh, reestablish your line here, Sarah. There is a uh, lot of static uh, maybe uh, joining us from Jackson Hole. We'll try to clear that up with her this morning as we... Uh, Take a look at the markets ahead of the speech. Uh, futures uh, pointing to a little bit of losses here with S&P futures down 13 points. NASDAQ futures leading the declines. We've had seen a lot of volatility, of course, all week long ahead of Chairman Powell's address. NASDAQ futures right now are down about a half percent or uh, 63 points. Lots of movement in the bond space as well. we got the 10-year Treasury right now down 1330 seconds for a yield of 3.07 percent. Yield on the two-year 3.38. A lot of Treasury watchers are looking for even more volatility coming off of uh, Chairman Powell's speech later on this morning. And as we look ahead to more economic data ahead of uh, the FOMC uh, next meeting uh, at the end of next month. Sarah House is back with us this morning. Hope your line's sounding a little bit better this morning. Want to make sure, Sarah, that we get clarity on whether you think Chairman Powell is going to deliver clarity later this morning. I think he's going to keep his options open and suggest that the the Fed does remain nimble and will be reacting to the data. So I don't think we're going to get any strong hints about 50 or 75 at the upcoming September meeting. The the committee agrees that rates need to go higher, but I think they're they're trying to uh, acknowledge the fact that we are beginning to see growth cool. There are some at least tentative signs of of inflation beginning to ease, but there's still so much uncertainty about the path ahead. And so I think they're going to suggest that they will will do what is necessary to bring down inflation. Is that what you've been hearing from? Oh, sorry, Sarah. Is that what you've been hearing from some of the other Fed speakers that we've uh, gotten to hear from ahead of Chairman Powell's speech this morning? A lot of hawkish talk ahead of this much-watched address later today. A lot of hawkish talk when it relates to bringing down inflation. So you did have Bullard out yesterday reiterating that he's in favor of front-loading, thinks we need to get rates up to a range of, say, 375 or by by the end of this year. So I think so. I think we're seeing that from from some of the Fed speakers, but those tend to lean a little bit more hawkish than than Powell has, who I think in some ways is is a little bit more hesitant. We saw that in the press conference 
coming out of the July meeting where he was flagging the fact that we haven't seen the full effects of, of tightening to date. And so I think there there could be perhaps a little bit more of a, of a balanced tone or some, some hints of, of hesitation with, within his speech relative to what we've seen from some of the more hawkish members speaking before to, before today. Obviously, there's been a lot of attention on core PCE as a data point for uh, Powell and company to look at when it comes to whether they're winning the inflation fight. What other uh, data points do you think the central bank should be looking at? So I think right now a really important one is what we're seeing in terms of wages and labor costs. So we had another really strong ECI last quarter, average hourly wages also re-accelerating. So uh, we'll get a, another look at that next Friday with, with the jobs report. And I think that's really important where we're certainly seeing some easing pressures in inflation coming from supply chain, shipping costs going down, supplier delivery time easing. But we haven't seen that from the labor market. And so we're seeing labor costs still running at a pace well above 2% inflation consistent levels. And this is the area of inflation that is well within the Fed's remit. So I think there's, there's still a lot of concern out there over how quickly inflation might cool and and how easily it might get back to 2%. It's not going to be an easy path ahead, even with the tightening that we've seen today. Again, Sarah, thanks for being with us this morning. Glad we got you back on with a clearer line there. That's Sarah House, Wells Fargo's senior economist, as we get set for Chairman Powell's address later on this morning, 10 a.m. Wall Street time. Of course, we'll be hearing from a lot of Fed speakers ahead of that as well. So you'll want to stay with Bloomberg Radio for our complete coverage of the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. It continues this morning on a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance Live from Jackson Hole with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. That begins at 7 a.m. Wall Street time ahead of the uh, remarks from Chairman Powell. We'll bring to you live at 10. S&P futures down 14 points now. Dow futures down 71. NASDAQ futures lower by 62 points. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny, some showers and storms developing this afternoon with highs in the upper 80s. Mix of sun and clouds tomorrow, upper 80s. We'll be in the upper 80s with sunshine on Sunday. Right now, 76 in Central Park. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, August 26, 2022. Coming up this hour. Fed officials take a hawkish stance ahead of Jay Powell's Jackson Hole speech. A judge orders Twitter to hand more data to Elon Musk as their legal battle continues. Dell and Salesforce slide as more tech companies report tighter times ahead. The first MTA hearing on congestion pricing in Manhattan is in the books. Plus, we should see soon a redacted affidavit to search Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. I'm Michael Barr, more ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. 20 hits for the Yankees, an easy win at Oakland. Jacob DeGrom pitched the Mets to victory over Colorado. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good Friday morning. I'm Nathan Hager. 
I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are down 13 points. Dow futures down 69, and Nasdaq futures down 59. The DAX in Germany is little change. The 10-year Treasury down 12.30 seconds, yield 3.07 percent, and the yield on the two-year 3.37 percent. Nathan, Karen, it is the event Wall Street and global markets have been waiting for all week long. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell delivers a speech at the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium at 10 a.m. Wall Street time today. Bloomberg's Tom Keene is covering the event for us. Good morning, Tom. Karen and Nathan, of course, all eyes on Chairman Powell. This will be a different speech, widely anticipated. They all are. But what's different this time is the stakes on interest rate policy. What's widely understood is it's not just a speech. It's a few in key reports that we're going to see into September and that important Fed meeting. So it's not just a speech. It's the data reports, but it's also the news around the world, the idea of what's going on in Europe and China flat on their back. All around the world will be watching Chairman Powell this morning. Certainly will be. Thank you for that, Tom. And please follow Bloomberg Radio and television all morning long for the latest from Jackson Hole. Our on-site coverage to the kickoff of Powell's speech begins at 7 a.m. with a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance with Tom Keene, Lisa Abramowitz, and Jonathan Farrow. Well, Nathan, central bankers stress the need to keep raising interest rates at Jackson Hole. St. Louis Fed Chief James Bullard said officials should lift their policy benchmark to a 3.75% to 4% range by year-end. Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker and Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic also called for continued hikes. Kansas City Fed President Esther George shared her view on Bloomberg Television very important that we are clear in our communication about the destination we're headed. And I think that destination is important, which is we have to get interest rates higher to slow down demand and bring inflation back to our target. Kansas City Fed President Esther George also said there was more room to go when asked how high the Fed should push borrowing costs. Well, Karen Markets will be looking for any sort of signals Powell might give when it comes to rate hikes in his speech at 10 a.m. BMO Capital Markets Senior Economist Jennifer Lee does not think the Fed chair will change his recent guidance. I think he's going to stay on the hawkish track. I don't know why he would change his tone so quickly. Yes, we've had some weaker you know, economic data, especially on the housing front. We finally saw some pullback on the headline inflation, but you know, it's going to be far, far too soon to, to ring the dovish bell. BMO Capital Markets Senior Economist Jennifer Lee says the next major event for the Fed to watch is the CPI report in three weeks. Well, Nathan, just as Powell's speech begins, we'll get a key economic report, and Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice has the details. In early August, the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Index hovered near a record low, and today's figures on late August aren't expected to be much better. Bloomberg Economics says Americans recognize there will be challenging months just ahead, even with today's rising wages and low unemployment. Also on today's data calendar, government figures on July consumer spending, and they could be tepid with inflation running hot. Vinny Del Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Vinny, thank you. Overseas stocks in Asia rose, helped by the tech sector after talks between Beijing and Washington to avoid the delisting of companies in New York was said to show signs of progress. Well, to geopolitics now, Nathan. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is in Taiwan, the third visit by an American dignitary this month. Senator Blackburn held several meetings there, including with Taiwan's president. The opportunity to talk with her about hopes, dreams, plans, and approaches for Taiwan and how they retain their independence. 
Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn says the U.S. will continue to support Taiwan's independence. Back at home, Karen, President Biden campaigned for Democrats in Maryland yesterday ahead of November's midterms. The president aimed his attacks on former President Trump and what he called ultra-MAGA Republicans. MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. They embrace, embrace political violence. President Biden also said the so-called mega philosophy is semi-fascism. On the corporate news now, Nathan, a couple of tech companies released bleak economic data and fell at the close yesterday. Dell Technologies gave a revenue forecast that fell short of estimates. And Salesforce also slipped after its quarterly revenue fell short of analyst estimates. Dell shares are lower this morning, down 4.2%. Out to Twitter now, Karen, in its ongoing battle with Elon Musk, a judge has ordered the social media giant to hand over info. Delaware Chancery Court Judge Kathleen McCormick ruled that Twitter has to turn over information about 9,000 accounts it surveyed last year. She wants the company to identify which had human beings attached to them. McCormick says Twitter also must produce documents sufficient to show how those 9,000 accounts were selected for review. At a hearing this week, Musk's lawyers accused their Twitter counterparts of stonewalling on bots' information. Musk thinks that gives him reason to exit his bid for the platform. And another quick corporate note here, Nathan. Pharmaceutical giant Merck's pursuit to buy cancer drug maker Seagen has stalled, threatening Merck's biggest deal in more than a decade. The companies have reportedly failed to agree on a price to this point. Okay. And futures? Sorry. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, check markets now, Karen, ahead of the... Uh, uh, the much-watched speech coming up from Fed Chair Powell. S&P futures right now are down 14 points. Dow futures down 78. Uh, NASDAQ futures are lower by 61 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 14 30 seconds for a yield of 3.07%. NYMEX crude's higher by 6 tenths percent to $93.11 a barrel. And the euro right now 0. 0.9994 against the dollar. Straight ahead, we'll have your latest local headlines and a check of sports. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It is 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with the Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell's address at the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium this morning. Several Fed speakers have discussed monetary policy at Jackson Hole. Kansas City Fed President Esther George told Bloomberg Television that once rates get higher, they may have to stay there for a while. We have more room to go. That we would bring those rates down quickly, and I've seen that in some of the forecasts, seems a bit remarkable to me. I think we will have to hold. And Kansas City Fed President Esther George also said there was more room to go when asked how high the Fed should push borrowing costs. Please follow Bloomberg Radio and Television all morning long for the latest from Jackson Hole. Our on-site coverage begins at 7 a.m. Wall Street time with a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance. To politics now, Karen. President Biden campaigned for Democrats in Maryland yesterday ahead of November's midterms, and he aimed his attacks on former President Donald Trump and what he called ultra-MAGA Republicans. 
We must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America. President Biden also said the so-called MAGA philosophy is semi-fascism. Meanwhile, Nathan overseas, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is in Taiwan, the third visit by an American dignitary this month. Senator Blackburn met with Taiwan's president and said the U.S. will continue to support Taiwan's independence. To corporate news now, Karen, and to Twitter with developments in its battle with Elon Musk. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the update. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Yesterday, Delaware Chancery Court Judge Kathleen McCormick ruled Twitter must turn over information about 9,000 accounts it surveyed last year. She wants the company to identify which had human beings attached to them. McCormick said Twitter also must produce documents sufficient to show how those 9,000 accounts were selected for review. At a Wednesday hearing, Musk's lawyers accused their Twitter counterparts of stonewalling them on the bots information. Musk believes that gives him reason to exit the bid for the platform. Live in New York, live in Washington, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hey, Renita, thanks. And another corporate note, a couple tech companies releasing bleak earnings and falling at the close yesterday. Dell Technologies gave a revenue forecast that fell short of estimates, and quarterly revenue from Salesforce fell short of analyst estimates as well. Futures this morning are lower. S&P futures down about 17 points. Dow futures down 87. NASDAQ futures down 74. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 76 degrees in Central Park. Got an accident if you're headed to LaGuardia, westbound Grand Central Airport at Dittmar's Boulevard. We'll have details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with a closure on uh, 44th Street, Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Yeah, that act, that is not an accident. That off of 8th Avenue in Hell's Kitchen is a fatal stabbing. According to the NYPD, a 49-year-old man with a history of menacing people was fatally stabbed in a fight early this morning. The suspect, a 28-year-old man, claims it was in self-defense. He was taken into custody. The first of six public hearings was last night about the MTA's congestion pricing plan in Manhattan. Hundreds of people on both sides signed up to speak on the matter during the virtual meeting. Yet we're expected to pay for your bloated and out-of-control agency. 7ABC with the audio. According to the MTA, the plan could cost drivers in Manhattan south of 60th Street as much as $23 during rush hour. The agency says it was designed to lessen traffic congestion by as much as 20%. The Justice Department is set to release a heavily blacked-out document explaining the justification for an FBI search of Donald Trump's Florida estate earlier this month when agents removed top-secret government records and other classified documents. The document is expected by noon. Justice Department officials are expected to have removed sensitive details about witnesses and the scope and direction of the probe. Legal expert Lori Levinson. There's been an effort by the media and by Donald Trump to get more information from the affidavit, but the government has resisted that in part because they have an ongoing investigation. However, it does look like there's at least a compromise that there's more information regarding the investigation of Donald Trump and his possession of classified information that the public will get in the near future. Loyola Law Professor Lori Levinson. Five people were observed at an area hospital after an incident at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson Township, New Jersey. The park says several guests reported back pain after riding the El Toro roller coaster.
Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. The Yankees with as many wins in their last four games as they had in the first 21 days of August. They made it four wins in a row. The first three were all by the same score of 4-2. to two. Last night in Oakland, it was 13-4, to four, a 20-hit attack. No home runs, but three hits, three RBIs for the rookie as Waldo Cabrera. An easy win for Jamison Tyone. Mets back at City Field. Start of a long homestand. They beat Colorado 3-1. to one. Six strong innings from Jacob DeGrom. One for Edwin Diaz. They played the trumpet song for Diaz in the eighth inning. That left the ninth for Adam Adovino. Pete Alonso had the big hit. Two-run homer in the third. I think it's important to win every game. Uh, whether you're playing the Yankees or um, or the Rockies or, or whoever, or the Phillies, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just that we need to do our job every single day, come up and, and execute a plan, come up and play together as a team. So uh, we did a really good job of that tonight. Pitching was great. Uh, we did did enough as an offense to score enough runs and win the game. And the Mets lead the Braves now by two. The Jets in 2020 drafted wideout Denzel Mims in the second round. He has fallen on the Jets' depth chart, and now Mims has has asked to be traded. Jets and Giants play Sunday afternoon at MetLife. The two New York teams just had a joint practice, and Daniel Jones went 14 of 15, but Giants linebacker Aziz Ojolari limped off the field with a leg injury. U.S. Open begins Monday. Novak Djokovic made it official. He's unvaccinated. He's not allowed to fly into the U.S. to play. Golf in Atlanta. Scotty Scheffler took a big step towards an $18 million paycheck. He began the tour championship with a two-shot lead based on leading the standings, and he now leads by five. John Stashauer. Bloomberg Sports. Nathan. Thanks, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg's Wendy Gillette. New Jersey-based Merck has hit the pause button in its talks to buy cancer drug maker Segan. It would be the pharmaceutical company's biggest deal in over a decade. But so far, the two have not agreed on a price, according to sources who asked to remain confidential. Merck invested in Segan, which used to be known as Seattle Genetics, in 2020. The company has a market value of about $30 billion. Hundreds sounded off last night at the first virtual public meeting on the Metropolitan Transportation Authority's controversial proposed congestion price plan for Manhattan. The goal is to lessen congestion in the Central Business District by charging up to $23 to drive south of 60th Street, aside from the West Side and FDR highways. Five additional hearings are planned. Former President Trump's one-time Connecticut estate is relisting for about half of its 2014 asking price. Dow Jones reports the Greenwich Waterfront Estate is listing for almost $30 million, down from $54 million. That's the Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Wendy Gillette. Thanks, Wendy. It's 538 on Wall Street. Now let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Podisk, and on KNX in Los Angeles, we're talking about the nation's largest operator of EV charging stations ready to do battle to get ad dollars. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that after days of looking at corn crops in Iowa, Illinois, Nebraska, Minnesota, and South Dakota, scouts are returning with discouraging news, and that could mean even higher food prices. I'm Lisa Mateo, and on KMOX in St. Louis, I'll be reporting on the world's most popular password manager, getting hacked. I'm Stephen Carroll on DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on how energy bills are set to rise 80% in October after the UK's regulator raised the price cap. I'm Wendy Gillette on WTAM in Cleveland. I'm reporting on a big company pulling out of purchasing homes. Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning. It's 539 on Wall Street. 
The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Chinese leaders seized upon U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's high-profile visit to Taiwan earlier this month to launch the largest military exercises ever conducted near the island. Although Chinese missiles are no longer arcing over Taiwan, things have hardly returned to normal. To reestablish a more favorable equilibrium, the U.S. will have to do more to both deter and reassure China. That means moving military resources to the Indo-Pacific and stepping up cooperation with regional allies, while also avoiding noisy symbolic gestures that needlessly provoke China. The aim should be a mutual understanding that Taiwan is a long-term issue to be managed. However messy and unsatisfying such a compromise might be, it would be better than sliding into a conflict with incalculable cost. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. Ahead of Powell's speech this morning, futures are pulling back. We've got S&P futures right now down 14 points. Dow futures down 68 and NASDAQ futures lower by 66 points. Matt Maley, Chief Market Strategist at Miller Tabak, joins us next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Sunshine with showers and storms this afternoon going up to near 90 degrees. Upper 80s, mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. Sunny for Sunday with highs in the upper 80s. Right now, 76 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are slippering and are slipping and treasuries retreating as a chorus of Federal Reserve hawks prepare the ground for a much anticipated speech by Chair Jerome Powell that's set to shape views on the pace of monetary tightening. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down about 15 points. Dow futures down 70 and Nasdaq futures down 68. The DAX in Germany is down about two tenths of a percent. Ten-year treasury down 1330 seconds, yield 3.07%. Yield on the two-year, 3.38%. NYMEX crude oil is up one and a quarter percent, up a dollar twelve at ninety-three dollars sixty-five cents a barrel. COMEX gold on half percent, or eight dollars ten cents at seventeen sixty-three thirty an ounce. The euro is at one point zero 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 one against the dollar. British pound one point one eight three zero, and the yen one thirty-six point nine one. And Bitcoin this morning is down one percent at twenty-one thousand four hundred twenty dollars. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going. Going on around the world, Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. By noon, the Justice Department is set to release a heavily redacted affidavit explaining the justification for an FBI search of Donald Trump's Florida estate earlier this month. Agents removed top-secret government records and other classified documents. Russian President Vladimir Putin appears to be trying to replenish his military by ordering a 13% increase in the country's troop strength. Russian forces have suffered heavy losses in six months of war in Ukraine. In baseball, the Yankees beat the A's 13-4. The Mets beat the Rockies 3-1. The Red Sox lost. The Orioles won. Thursday night NFL preseason action. The 49ers lost to the Texans 17-zip. 
Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. It is 549 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak as we continue the countdown to Chairman Powell's speech at Jackson Hole. We're joined this morning by Matt Maley, Chief Market Strategist at Miller Tayback. Matt, it's great to have you back on with us. We've seen... Uh, uh, plenty of gyrations in the market in the days leading up to Chairman Powell's address. Uh, how do you view the market action this week? Well, it's yeah. I mean, we've had, we had that huge rally uh, from you know, middle of June <clears throat> until about a week ago, and uh, so I could see why people want to take a uh, you know, pull, the market to pull back a little bit anyway. Uh, you know, taking a few chips off the table in front of that in front of this big uh, speech today, uh, and then of course we bounce back. Suddenly <laughs> we bounce back. Uh, it just kind of shows some of, some of the uncertainty out there, um, but. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what he says today because the setup has certainly been very hawkish, very hawkish, and uh, if he does not come off as pretty darn hawkish, uh, I mean, I personally I think he's going to make a Fed speak uh, pretty irrelevant uh, going forward because uh, uh, if you have a whole slew of people uh, either quite uh, quite hawkish to extremely hawkish, and he comes out on the dovish side, uh, why would you even listen to these people anymore? So it's it's going to be very interesting to me. Is that your call? Do you think he's going to soften the tone ahead of uh, or after all that we've heard from the Fed speakers this week? No, I don't. And and, and I think the market is, you know, and, and that's going to be tough for the market. I, I think he's going to be, I think he is going to be hawkish, uh, for, for partially because why, why would you, why would all these other people come out and, and be as hawkish as they had been in unison uh, if he wasn't on the same page? It just wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, and, uh, and you know, there, there's good reason for it. I mean, we can all talk about fears of recession and, and we can't have a recession, but it, it, it's like, well, if we don't take, in, don't, don't take care of inflation first, <laughs> the recession is going to be worse if you back off too soon. Uh, so I, I, I do think, and, and, and I guess my point is that I think that the stock market uh, is not pricing in a slower pace of, of, of cutting rate, I'm sorry, of, of uh, raising rates. I think it's pricing in uh, an end of rates, end of uh, hiking rates at the, by the end of the year and a pivot to cutting rates by next year. And I just, I don't think that's what we're going to get. So what does that mean for the market if the if the chairman does deliver that message? Yeah, I just don't think that the market's priced in for that for that message, and 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 we'll we'll, we'll see a pullback. You know, again, that would that would be okay. I mean, I think the market's uh, even if you're uh, uh, you know very very bullish on the on the economy and bullish on the market longer term, uh, this rally has been a, a very strong one. And uh, uh, even even without the, the Jackson Hole speech today, the market's kind of ripe for a pullback anyway uh, because it's getting overbought on a technical basis. So, uh, but when you combine it with the fact that uh, uh, that he, I, I believe will be more hawkish uh, that does um, you know, lead for it's kind of tough because we're heading into the September October time frame and we could get that kind of pullback it could be a, a little bit bigger than people have been thinking is it a pullback that tests the June low does it go further than that well I, th- I certainly think the chances are, are there uh, and uh, and I, I don't want to sound overly bearish because uh, you know the, the problem that we face is that the last time we had uh, a big bad bear market uh, that lasted for you know for a while. I mean, 2020 was kind of one of those odd situations with the pandemic, uh, but that was of course during the financial crisis. And people think, oh, well, geez, if you think it's going to go lower, you're looking for another financial crisis where the market goes down 50. And that's not what I'm looking for. But I do think we we can definitely test the uh, the lows uh, and uh, uh, and maybe even undercut them. 
Now, last minute here, uh, Matt, are there any sectors or styles that are better insulated from a uh, more difficult investment environment? Well, I just think that uh, you know, one of the things that I said back in December and January of this year is that the raising cash is, is a good idea right now. Uh, but as for the sectors, I still think the energy sector is, uh, you know, it's doing quite well. Uh, you look at crude oil, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, yes, it's come way down. I, you know, I don't, some people still saying it's going to bounce back to 150 uh, on crude oil. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think that the, the energy sector uh, is one that will do well. Uh, it's a good energy, uh, inflation hedge. And that's what I'm really worried about. I mean, we, we have to beat inflation first, and uh, I think it's going to stay uh, at an elevated level, even though peak, we're past peak inflation. One of those reasons I think that oil will not come down a lot further. So I think the energy sector is a, is a good place to play and a good place to uh, you know get some uh, hedges for that uh, for that uh, elevated level of, infl- of inflation. That I think will stay with us. Thanks, Matt. Great having you on with us once again, Matt Maley, Chief Market Strategist at Miller Tabak. Karen. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is 5.53 on Wall Street. Time for our Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. A federal magistrate in Manhattan handed Amazon and the nation's top publishing houses a tentative victory, finding allegations of a conspiracy to inflate book prices to be implausible. A federal court in Massachusetts will let consumers proceed with allegations that Gordon's misrepresented products made with tilapia from China as sustainably sourced. Bayer Healthcare filed a trademark infringement suit in New Jersey federal court, charging that an unauthorized seller is distributing fake Bayer products in storefronts run by Amazon and Walmart. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. Another legal story we're watching. On Wednesday, President Joe Biden unveiled a sweeping student debt relief package that cancels as much as $20,000 in debt for some. For more on this and potential challenges to the Biden administration's plan, Bloomberg's Greg Storr spoke with Georgia State University College of Law professor Eric Siegel. Let me ask you about the prospect that you mentioned about servicers, loan servicers uh, suing to challenge here. Have you seen any indication that there is a servicer out there who might be motivated to challenge this? You mentioned that there might be some financial impact, but surely if there is a lawsuit here, it's going to be about ideology as much as about money. Right. I don't think it would be very hard for groups who are devoted to dismantling the administrative state, and both of you know there are a lot of groups that want to do that in general. They'll be able to find a servicer somewhere who says, you know, I have X number of loans and I make X amount of money off of them, and now I'm going to have X minus that amount of money. But we shouldn't criticize that because, you know, that's how civil rights groups brought lawsuits that eventually led to the Brown versus Board of Education. It, that's an equally true thing for both sides, that in these kinds of ideological battles, Public interest groups normally fund the lawsuits. They find plaintiffs who would have standing, and that's something we shouldn't criticize, you know, unless we want a much weaker judiciary because this is how this is normally done. Now, I will also say 20 years ago, the Federalist Society would not have thought this was the kind of lawsuit people should bring, but they've changed their minds on that. And so there are a lot of groups who are very vested in limiting the amount of deference Congress can give to the executive branch. That's the kind of lawsuit this would be. It would be that the secretary didn't have the authority that the secretary says uh, they have, or if Congress wants to delegate this power, it has to do so through you know, a much 
clearer statute because this was called a, a major question. All of that stuff is fairly new, so it's hard to say. But I'm sure there are plaintiffs out there to be gotten by ideological groups who want to further limit the administrative state. That's Georgia State University College of Law Professor Eric Siegel speaking with Bloomberg's Greg Store. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at Go. And futures this morning are falling. S&P futures down 17 points. Dow futures down 82. And NASDAQ futures down 74. Ten-year Treasury down 13.30 seconds, yield 3.07 percent. The yield on the two-year 3.38 percent. NYMEX crude oil higher up 1.1 percent, up a dollar four at 93 dollars 56 cents a barrel. And COMEX gold is down half percent at 17.62.30 an ounce. And our top stories are straight ahead. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.